The Hope of Our Ancestors by Lena K. Gardner, CLF Membership and Development Director, Minneapolis, Minnesota. This piece was originally presented at a Black Lives Matter vigil at the First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. Lena Gardner is speaking. My name is Lena Catherine Gardner. I'm a member of this church. I don't have a perfect anecdote for you tonight. I, don't ha I didn't have the time to connect life stories with theological lessons in between work, family, sleep, dishes, laundry. I wanted to come here tonight with something brilliant for the community that brings out the best in me, the community that I love. What I can tell you is that I asked Justin to host this vigil at our church because I wanted a place to cry and be held, to just be with all of my people. My heart is aching for answers, for a way this makes sense, for a way to understand a 12-year-old child shot down, to understand Eric Gardner, a father of six, choked to death in broad daylight with his murderers caught on camera, no medical attention given and left to die in the street, just like Michael Brown, who also received no medical attention, as if their lives didn't matter as if they were not human. So often, for so much of the hard stuff in life, I turn to my ministers. If they don't have the answer, they usually have some. <laughs> so I wanted them to tell me. I wanted someone to tell me it's going to be OK. I wanted someone to tell me there is a way through this, that there is something that will save us from the pain of this a pain that will divide us deeper if we're not careful. Now, I know we are varied in this room in our beliefs on what saves us from the types of evil in the world that steal young black children from their parents' arms. I wanted someone to say that there is a right path to justice, a safe path toward freedom, a path that doesn't allow fear and despair to overwhelm my heart. I want my dad to still be alive to be here with me, even if it's just so we can cry together. But when I face the world as it is, my dad is gone. And there is no way these murders make sense. And as I looked into the faces of my ministers at the protests on the interstate, I saw their very human eyes. I saw love, pain, uncertainty. I think I even saw some fear. Or maybe those were just all the things I was feeling. But I realized there is no safe path forward, but together we can be safer. There are no clear answers, but together we can get closer to working for a sense of justice. And I realized again, my dad is still dead. This is something that it's hard to understand until you've lost someone, that time and time again you go to pick up the phone and call them and they're still gone. Sometimes I can laugh a little and check my phone and say, yep, just checking. There's still no dad in my contacts. He's still not there. Yet, when I laid on the ground for 4.5 minutes last Saturday, I actually heard his voice in my mind along with my grandpa. My grandpa telling me, when people ask you what you are, you say I'm black and I'm a human being. Don't let hate take you down. 
I felt the presence of only what I can call my ancestors and their voices echoed in my heart on that cold ground. They called to me, they said, you. It's you, Lena. They, the past few nights, they've beckoned to me in my sleep. Wake up now, there is so much work to do. They whispered to me, we love you. The world is scary and you are strong, not because you don't need anyone, but because you need everyone. So in this time, I have seen my white friends stand up to their family members with tears in their eyes, with a strength I have to admit, I don't know if I would be able to do that with my own father. I have seen my black people, the ones who love me, who raise me, who claim me as their own with my light skin, hazel eyes and everything. I see and feel and carry with them the sadness, the anger, the pain, the continued denial of justice. I see on my other brown skinned folks while enmeshed in their own fights for justice, uniting with us because we know our fates are tied together and we need each other. In my heart, I know we must find each other so that we may stumble upon hope together. And I'm not talking about a fluffy hope that feels light and squishy. I'm talking about the hope of our ancestors that has carried us here. I'm talking about the hope that broke the chains of slavery, made a new life possible for a people who defiantly refused to be broken. This is the hope through the darkest nights. This is what got them through being hunted like animals. It is the very hope that we all must stand on now. This is the unrelenting hope of life's most basic promise, the hope to stay alive. This is the hope that carries people across artificial national borders through treacherous terrain, risking their lives so that they may have a chance, a better chance. This is the hope that carries our trans people into living the truth of their lives, even as living that truth literally puts them in danger. This is the very same hope that moved our white allies during times past to shutter the safe house doors and cover the basement floors with human souls stashed away from slavery's treacherous tentacles. This is the hope that came before us It lived in their hearts. It lived in their soul. They knew, just as we know now, we cannot let injustice stand. They knew the cruelty for what it is. They looked at their own hands and hearts and said, it's on me. I can do something. There is no doubt that every single one of them had fear in their hearts, and some cast out that fear with Jesus. Some kept it at bay through sheer determination and stubbornness, and I'm sure some laughed it away. However, they moved through the fear. It is always anchored in the same hope that we must anchor now. It is a hope that we must grab a hold of in our hearts and let it spread like wildfire until it turns into unshakable trust in each other, in our power to work for justice. It is a hope we inherited. It is here in this room with us right now. Now some other things we inherited from our ancestors stick to our consciousness like tar, threatening to suffocate us like quicksand. 
And yet, the hope we inherited is different. It can be nearly impossible to hold on to because if you hold on to it, it will call you on to a different path. Hope for a more just world is to believe in our ability to create it. And whatever else it means to believe in our ability to create a new world means we have to tear something down, y'all. We have to tear down what isn't working in our hearts and in the world around us, and we can only tear down and build up if we come together. Now, I dare say that my dad, who fought racism all his life and taught me how to see injustice for what it it is, had too little hope at times. Yet he still worked every single day up until he was diagnosed with the cancer that took his life. He fought and at times rage consumed him. I said, that rage won't consume me. For me, it is hope that quells the rage. I make space for the rage, and then after it's had its time, I make space for hope. (laughs) Hope, like love, sometimes is used too softly, I think. I am holding on to the fierceness of the hope of my ancestors, who with that hope laid siege to the empire of slavery, even as we still struggle with its tentacles. I know our work is together to face the pain and stay awake in doing so, be led down the path that leads us closer to justice. When I'm out doing a direct action, I'm terrified most of the time. But most of the time, what I'm most afraid of are the thoughts in my own head that tell me you shouldn't be on this interstate, you shouldn't be shutting down traffic, that police officer just asked us to stop, we should probably listen. But then I think about what brought me out there, and I hear, it's you, Lena. Wake up now, there is so much work to do. We love you. You are strong not because you don't need anyone, but because you need everyone. It was Frederick Douglass who said, who would be free themselves must strike the blow. This is true for all of us in this room right here. To my brown and black people of all shades and cultures that speak different languages and come from different continents, I need you. For my white people too, I need you. For whatever reason, these most recent deaths of young black boys and men have shaken more people awake than ever before. We need each other. Our hope is in this room together now. So I'm asking you, please don't go back to sleep. It's too easy to walk away from this pain for all of us. It's too easy to return back to our everyday lives thinking, well, there's nothing I can do. Other people will fix this. It's easy to turn away from the sheer immensity of the pain in front of us. We try to rationalize it, but sooner or later, you just can't explain it away. This isn't a rally, and I'm not calling you to any particular action tonight. I'm just asking you to face the pain, to look it square in the face. I'm asking you to do it with me because I need you, and we need to do it, not only so we can stay awake, but so together we can stand on hope 
on the hope of our ancestors and have the courage to build the world that is in our hearts, to build it in our city, in our homes, and it is not easy. So together, we must find the things that need tearing down the empires within our own hearts that would allow injustice to make sense, that scare us away from having real conversations about race. For me, those things are things like, I can't speak at a public hearing because I'm not articulate enough. I can't call my city council person because I don't know everything about the policy or exactly how to read a budget. I'm afraid of all those white people in that room because they'll think I'm just another angry black woman. So I can't go to that meeting. So like I said, tonight is not about calling you into any action, but it's about being together, facing what's in our own heart, the pain, the voices of empire that tell us we can't change things. Because when we face the pain together, we can but alone it will crush us. Remember, I'm not strong because I don't need anyone. I'm strong because I need everyone. So when the anger fades and the sadness wanes, when the schedules come hustling back in full force because we aren't shutting down highways and staging die-ins, what will sustain our change? For me, it is an anger. It is the unrelenting, stubborn hope that carried our ancestors here. And I am putting my faith in the notion that this hope grounded in a fierce love is strong enough to carry us through. We're scared. Can we be scared together? Most of us in this room have done some type of social justice work. Now can we work together through our uncomfortableness? through making mistakes in this culture of precise language and demands for perfect behavior? Can white people stay awake in the face of uncomfortability, the pain? Can they make room in their hearts for the anger and the pain and the sadness of black and brown people? Can black and brown people come together in new ways with each other, with white folks, and take care of ourselves and each other because the stakes are a little different, a little higher for us? Remember, who would be free themselves must strike the blow. And it is not without cost. I wanted to leave here tonight with a quote from Ar Arunhati Roy, an Indian author and activist. Because I think what I've learned these past few weeks is that the answers are in our hearts, in our bodies, in our holding of each other and facing the world as it is. I can look to Justin, Ruth, Elaine, Jen, and other ministers, and in the humanity of their eyes, I can see that while it might not be the answer, there are some answers in fiercely hoping and loving together. I am not strong because I don't need anyone. I'm strong because I need everyone. And so, Arundhati Roy leaves us with this. Our strategy should be not only to confront empire, but to lay siege to it, to deprive it of oxygen, to shame it, to mock it. With our art, our music, our literature, our stubbornness, our joy, our brilliance, our sheer relentlessness, and our ability to tell our own stories. 
stories that are different from the ones we're being brainwashed to believe. The corporate revolution will collapse if we refuse to buy what they are selling. Their ideas, their version of history, their wars, their weapons, their notion of inevitability. Remember this, we, may, we be many and they be few. They need us more than we need them. Another world is not only possible, she is on her way. And on a quiet day, I can hear her breathe.